Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Welcome to the Michelle Tafoya podcast. There is instability all over the globe. And I would argue that it started pretty much right after Joe Biden stepped into office. I had high hopes that Biden and his administration would bring things kind of back from, you know, a boil to maybe a simmer. But I think we're boiling over now. He has lost control and he's trusting too many people who have proven not to be trustworthy. Why is this? You need to be concerned. Stay tuned. Now, it's time for some sanity. It's the Michelle Tafoya Podcast. Well, today's Thursday, November 15th, and we know that President Joe Biden is in San Francisco today. He did not go to the Stand with Israel march yesterday. It wasn't really a march. People didn't march unless they marched in place, but you get the idea. He was not there. Kamala Harris, the vice president, was not there. Fortunately, some members of Congress were there. They held hands and said they stand with Israel. But Joe Biden had to get to San Francisco. And knowing that he was going there to visit with China's leader, Xi Jinping, who, by the way, is now just best buds with California Governor Gavin Newsom. In fact, they're so close that Gavin Newsom just tidied up San Francisco all of a sudden, swept all the homeless off the street, cleaned all the graffiti, got rid of all the human feces spreading around the sidewalks, got rid of the fentanyl, got rid of the needles and made it nice and pretty and admitted as such that, yeah, there are a bunch of fancy people coming in for an economic summit, got to pretty the place up. And so he did. Not for the residents of San Francisco, not for the taxpayers of San Francisco, not for the homeless of San Francisco, not for the people, the shop owners and tourists of San Francisco, but for the head of the Chinese government. You're you're so conscientious, Gavin. Just love that about you. Yeah, sorry. It's going to be dripping with sarcasm today because I'm just ticked. That that number one is such a slap in the face to everyone who lives in San Francisco. Every taxpayer of California, it's a slap in the face too. So that's number one. Number two, um, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, because he did clean up the crap off the streets, uh, is that Joe Biden is going there to speak with President Xi and make some deals. And they're supposedly going to announce this deal about fentanyl and that China is going to crack down on fentanyl manufacturers because China manufactures the base ingredients for fentanyl. But they're going to crack down, by gosh, just like they said in the Paris Climate Accords that they were going to to back off on their emissions. That didn't happen, you know. China promises a lot of things to a variety of presidents and then fails to deliver on those promises. So why? Why does Joe Biden think he's any different? Why does he think he's going to get China to back up these promises? He's delusional. The administration is delusional. So they're going to go make friends again. We're going to reestablish our relationship. I wonder if he took a reset button, like what Hillary Clinton took to Vlad Putin back in the day. Big red button. Let's hit the reset button, President Xi. Let's do that. 
just when you've got China on the ropes a little bit, just when businesses are try- starting to say, you know, we can't really trust China because this government is more into destabilizing things than they are into doing business. Uh, maybe we shouldn't invest over there anymore. Maybe we should withdraw our company manufacturing plants from there. China's on its heels a little bit. So now we're going to reach out and shake their hands and say, let's strengthen our relationship. I mean, it's maybe these things are being said publicly to make us all feel better. But all we have to do is look at history and just recent history to know that Xi Jinping, while he's got a nice smile and I'm sure a firm handshake and probably is very nice to people when he speaks to them, does not care about peaceful relationships with the United States. So there's that. Then you've got Iran. And these things are linked, by the way, folks. I mean, China and Iran do business together. And we know that in that prisoner exchange, the host, whatever prisoner exchange we did recently with Iran, we gave, we let go of $6 billion of sanctions. Now people will tell you not a dime of that will be spent on anything other than human um, improvement and human aid. Really? So, you know, now there's, there's another bit of money being given back to, for lack of a better term, Iran. Uh, and I want to tell you about this because this is just this is new. Biden administra- administration renews sanctions waiver, giving Iran access to $10 billion from Iraq. Let me read from The New York Times. The Biden administration has extended a sanctions waiver that will grant Iran access to roughly $10 billion from Iraq in exchange for electricity purchases. The 120-day waiver signed by Secretary of State Antony Blinken on Tuesday is identical to one issued in July, but comes amid increased attacks against U.S. forces by Iranian proxies and just over a month after Iran-backed terror group Hamas slaughtered 1,200 people in Israel on October 7th. Listen closely. Under the conditions of the waiver, Iran will receive nearly $10 billion being held in escrow accounts in Iraq that may only be used for humanitarian aid, U.S. officials told the Associated Press. The waiver extension will also allow the Iranian regime to transfer the electricity payments to accounts in Oman, which can then be converted to other currencies for the Islamic Republic to purchase non-sanctioned products, according to the outlet. U.S. officials noted that Blinken signed the waiver primarily because the Biden administration doesn't want Iraq to be cut off from a critical source of energy. Okay. Again, you're doing business with Iran. The country, the the largest state sponsor of terrorism on the globe. Oh, it's just, it's just a way, you know, this is just 120 days. We want to make sure that the electricity gets to Iraq. That's the only way. Well, fortunately, there is a reporter for the Associated Press named Matt Lee. And he was willing to push State Department spokesman Matt Miller. This was Matt on Matt crime. Push him a little bit on this subject. I've spoken about this. A lot of people have. Money is fungible. When you give someone access, uh, let me just throw this at you. You, You've got your current amount of money in your savings, your spending, etc. And you find out that you're going to inherit 
$100,000. Don't you kind of feel a little weight off your shoulders? Even if someone said to you, you're not going to get it for a year and you can only spend it on groceries, wouldn't you still feel a little weight off your shoulders? Like, I know that money's coming. I know I can use it. And so I, I just feel a little looser, like I can spend a little more here and there. Don't tell me that money isn't fungible. And this is AP's Matt Lee fortunately pressed the State Department spokesperson, but I, the spokesperson's responses were not great. Let's take a listen. Let's roll this tape. This money is going to be able to be used by Iran and that when they do use it and they use $1 million to buy medicine from of, of this money, that that frees up another million dollars that they that they would have spent they would have had to spend on this you know without without the the sanctions waiver i understand and, and, and they can use that to, so they can use it to i understand the argument i don't agree with it and here's why if they were sitting on that one million dollars they would use it for their destabilizing activities to fund terrorism and deny medicine to their people that's the point i'm making and so to approve $1 million of, of, say, medical transactions that benefit the Iranian people, we believe those are, are benefits to the Iranian people that they would not have otherwise gotten. So it's just a lost cause, then. You're just saying that, that they're going to they're, they're going to stabilizing activities I think, regardless I think, of whether you give I, them the waiver or not. I think that, that I think they are going they have shown that they are going to conduct destabilizing activities. They were doing it before 2018 when the Trump administration gave them the first waiver, which is why, but which is why we have an entire set of policies to hold them accountable for those destabilizing activities. And part of our policy... Hold them accountable for those destabilizing activities. Boy, that sure worked on October 7th, didn't it? Those are good policies. So I, I cannot believe this is happening. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. And the, I'm only smiling and laughing because I'm in disbelief and I'm astonished by how stupid that answer was. They're going to conduct, conduct destabilizing activities no matter what. So it really doesn't make them any more um, powerful if we give them these sanctions relief. Huh? They're going to conduct destabilizing activities no matter what. So let's just, you know, let's sponsor it. Ooh. Humanitarian aid, by the way is looked at in a totally different way by Iran than it is by most sane people who think about humanitarian aid. I saw a woman uh, being interviewed, a former Iranian citizen who now lives in the United States. She's an activist. And she said that humanitarian aid includes things that will wipe people off the because because Iran thinks it's in the best interest of humans for Israel to be wiped off the face of the earth. So in order to give you humanitarian aid, we got got to get rid of the Israelis. We got, got to get rid of Israel. That will help our people. That's humanitarian aid. That, according to this woman, is that, that frame of mind. So why the hell are we doing this? I, 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 it just, you have to ask yourself. We seem to be... A lot of people argue with the term appease or appeasement because of his reference to, you know, Hitler. But it seems to me we just keep wanting to say, oh, Iran will eventually turn good if we just keep letting them have what they want. Or if we just make sure that they have humanitarian aid, they'll turn good. You'll see. No, they won't. 
because that's not what they value. And they've shown it time and time and time again. And I, I just don't, I just don't get what's happening here. Uh, <laughs> it, it just has to make you wonder. It's like you've got a, a, a kid, a teenager who is constantly breaking the rules, doesn't come home when they're supposed to, drives too fast, doesn't put their laundry away, talks back to their parents. But you keep thinking, well, if I just fold his laundry for him, he'll do it the next time. I just, I know he will. And if we let him get away with it this time, if we show him some some love and we hug it out, it, it'll get better. No, 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 no. That's not what happens. That doesn't deter bad behavior. That encourages it. Trust me, I'm a mom of two teenagers. I know of which I speak. And to make that parallel, it, it it's not far off. You've got a country that is supposed to be the adult in the room, a president that is supposed to be the leader of the free world, because we are the freest country on the planet. And we should demonstrate what it's like to be the adult in the room. And they're dealing with a bad actor whom they've had to punish again and again, but they kind of just keep backing off those punishments and saying, okay, do you promise to be good if we do this? Yes, yes, President Biden, we promise. I hate to simplify it that way, but it's sure how it's looking. And they don't seem to care about optics. They don't care to seem to care about what kind of message this sends to the rest of the world. What's China thinking now? You're going to meet with Xi Jinping within hours of this sanctions relief. What do you think he's thinking? Do you think he has to, he'll make promises, he'll sign agreements and he'll never keep them. He will not keep them. China will not keep them. And then what do you do? Then what do you do? By then it's too late. Fentanyl has already killed 73,000 Americans in 2023. 73,000. You know, and you see bad behavior in a lot of places. I'd say bad behavior. Hell, crime. Uh, Senators or people on the Hill threatening each other, elbowing each other, saying, get your butt out of the chair. Let's fight right here on the Senate floor. You probably heard about that. You see this stuff. You see crime. You see this kid in Las Vegas. A lot of you may not have heard about this. This 17-year-old boy beaten to death for trying to stand up for his friend. His smaller, physically smaller friend was being threatened and was thrown into a dumpster by a gang of other kids just outside their high school. He went to stand up for him and he got beat to death. Problem is, I guess, the kid who was beaten to death was white. So it doesn't fit the narrative. And no one is really covering it the way that they should be. Oh, imagine if it were the reverse. Imagine if it were the reverse. Let's just be honest about it, shall we? Imagine if it were the reverse. So I promised you a kicker here at the end. Um, It's our good friend Rashida Tlaib, the representative out of Michigan, Detroit area. I'll read to you again. This is New York Post. Representative Rashida Tlaib, the Democrat out of Michigan, who says she's advocating for peace after Hamas's October 7th terror attack against Israel, is part of a hidden Facebook group that has praised the jihadists who kidnapped and killed hundreds of civilians, including at least 33 Americans. 
So she's part of a hidden Facebook group. And I'm not part of any hidden Facebook group, so I don't know what that means, except that it's probably, I'm guessing it's a private group that you have to apply for. You have to be accepted into this little circle. And you're the only ones who see the posts. Somehow somebody else saw the posts. Talib is a member of the Facebook group, Palestinian American Congress. This is according to Fox News. Uh, the founder of this Facebook group is Mar Abdel Kadar, has previously referred to Israel's as not, quote, he's previously referred to Israelis as not, quote, real Jews, and questioned whether the Holocaust really happened. The Facebook group, which Talib joined six years ago, has posted several images of Hamas fighters following the terror group's brutal assault that left at least 1,200 dead across southern Israel. Around 240 people were also kidnapped and taken back to the Gaza Strip by the jihadists. We don't want to throw you in the sea. We want to ride it back. We want you to ride it back to where you came from. A member of the Palestinian American Congress posted October 12th, sharing a picture of an elderly Israeli woman identified as a Holocaust survivor held hostage by Hamas. Another post on October 19th showed a Hamas terrorist alongside a list of achievements reached by the resistance of northern occupied Palestine. Wow. Just three days after the terror attack, one member of the group denounced American media coverage of the war for making no mention of the kill killing of Palestinian women, children, and entire families killed on a daily basis by the peace-loving state of Israel using American gifts of weapons and jet fighters on a daily basis. Tlaib has similarly accused the Israeli government of ethnic cleansing and the U.S. government of providing the funding for war crimes. A spokesperson for her has not re responded with comment. You know, the House censured her last week for amplifying content on social media that has defended Hamas actions as justified resistance and called for the destruction of Israel. We have a member of Congress duly elected, who sides with Hamas. Hamas is a terror group. They are not pro-Palestinian. They are pro-terror. They are pro-Jihad. They want to annihilate Israel and all Jews. And I'm sure Christians are next on the list. And this duly elected member of Congress in the freest country on the planet sides with the terrorists. Well, it looks like the receipts are coming in. Oh my goodness. Uh, on, on a, a positive, if you want to call it that, um, there's a wall street banker who similarly, um, promotes Hamas and terror and tries to cover up posters of hostages. There's a viral video of him telling a Jewish American man to, quote, go back to your country. Ostensibly, I guess, so he can be wiped off the face of the earth. But this Wall Street banker was fired by his company. He's a Wall Street analyst fired after he was filmed telling a Jewish American to, quote, go back to your country. While he also covered hostage posters with signs accusing Israel of being an apartheid state committing genocide. What I don't understand is if this has been happening every day in the Gaza Strip 
why did it take October 7th to get all these people out accusing Israel of this? Now, maybe they've been accused, but all of a sudden these groups after, after, so October 7th happens, Israel defends itself. And now we're going to stand up for Palestine. The world is sick right now. If we took its temperature, it would have a fever. It needs more than aspirin. It needs a whole lot of healing. That comes through leadership. Sadly, we do not have that. Not good, solid leadership in America right now. We have divisive politics that were incubated in the classrooms. Yes, they were. By people telling you you're either oppressed or you're the oppressor. Those are your choices. Which side are you on? Ugh. I am just going to continue to do my best, starting here in my little house with my family and my friends and my community. And and to anyone who's listening, uh, just continue to be brave. Even if you're left on a tarmac at Dulles International Airport while you're trying to get to the Israel March in D.C. and the bus drivers go on strike because they don't want to take you there. Even if they denied you your right to assemble by not picking you up as planned, as you had paid for. Continue to have courage to stand with the people whose values you share. This is it. We're at a moral crossroads. It's good versus evil, folks. And I would encourage you to watch Band of Brothers. It's streaming on Netflix right now. Tom Hanks' son is in it. His his older son, who's 45 now, I think, is in it. Uh, That was a son that he had with a previous wife, not Rita Wilson. I did that little bit of research last night. Isn't that informative? All right. Be brave. Do good. Keep hope up. And we'll see you next time. But after you left here, you got pretty excited about the keyboard. In fact, you tweeted at me one, two, three, four, five times. And let me read what the last one said. Um, It said, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. Pretends like he's self-made. What a clown. Fraud. Always has been. Always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me. Any place, any time, cowboy. Sir, this is a time, this is a place. If you want to run your mouth, we can be two consenting adults. We can finish it here. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up then. You stand your butt up. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh, stop it. Is that your right. solution every poll? No, no, sit down. Sit down. Okay. You know, you're a United States senator. Sit down. Oh, okay. okay. Sit down, please. All right. Can I respond? Hold it. Hold it. If Hold we can't, no, I have the mic. I'm sorry. This is Hold what it. he said. You'll have your time. Okay. Can I respond? Oh, no, you can't. 